Logistics is transforming our lives and the way we do business in today's ever-changing economy. If your company or community thrives on the quality of your logistics, then we'll give you a peek behind the curtains to the topics and people who are driving this exploding industry. You're listening to the Logistically Speaking GT podcast, produced by Global Trade Magazine and sponsored by the World Economic Development Alliance. You can listen to all our GT podcasts at www.globaltrademag.com or join the thousands that have downloaded our app in the Apple iTunes Store. Now, here's our publisher and our host, Eric Kleinsorge. Eric Kleinsorge. Hey, it's another great day here at Global Trade Magazine, and we're truly excited about today's GT podcast. So welcome to all of our podcast listeners and Global Trade readers for this special episode. We're going to head to the East Coast and talk about ports, specifically the Port of Montreal. And today, we have special guest Tony Boemi. Tony is the Vice President of Growth and Development for the Port and brings over 40 years of experience to the cruise industry on the St. Lawrence River and 34 years in the marine transport industry. Tony is going to share with us some topics ranging from opportunities the Port of Montreal has, some news about their recent expansions at the port, how, it keep, how it's keeping up with new technologies, and why it continues to have success as a cruise destination. Tony, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, and thank you for having me. I'm glad to be able to have this discussion with you. We're very excited to have you here today, Tony. And why don't we start off so our listeners can get a little bit of a background on you. Tell me a little bit about your background and, and about the port. Well, interesting enough, uh, if you go back uh, back in the days of Star Trek, I actually have a, an IT background. That's how I started off. Somehow ended up in the uh, transportation industry. I uh, worked for a carrier steamship line for roughly over 30, 35 years, and then I joined the port about 10 years ago. Since then, um, I've been involved in a variety of uh, different sectors, from uh, container ships to uh, liquid bulk uh, petroleum to regular bulk, as well as cruise ships. Pretty exciting. So before we, uh, before we got started, we were kind of talking about the weather and, and how cold it is right there right now. Does that ever present challenges to the port that one might, might need to consider? Yeah. You know, on the one hand, it does. On the other hand, we need to keep in mind that, uh, you know, this is not new for us. So basically, the port, as well as the city, is well-equipped to handle uh, whatever is we are confronted with in terms of whether it be snow, uh, cold, and so on and so forth. So suffice it to say, the port, uh, for example, is open year-round, and many people are surprised to hear that. But uh, we're able to deal with the elements as, we're, uh, as, as they come up. It's not an issue for us. So you're the experts. That's great. So we here at Global Trade, we, we deal with a lot of ports all around the world. It's a very important part of, of the industry uh, of Global Trade. How would you say the Port of Montreal differs from other ports in the Atlantic? Well, this is uh, sometimes I find it's one of the best kept secrets. And when you look at the Port of Montreal, we're actually uh, an international container port located on the St. Lawrence River. So we're actually a river port. So we're located around approximately a thousand miles inland from the Atlantic coast. And this is where we differ from ports that you see along uh, coastal, for example, whether it be the Atlantic coast or the East Coast ports. And so from that perspective, a lot of people don't view us in the same light 
as uh, those sports that you see on, on uh, east or west coast. But at the end of the day, when you look at, for example, the, uh, the results that we get, the fact that geographically where we're located, we compete very head-on with all those sports along the east and west coast. Excellent. Well, you bring up that you're a river port, you know, and as I'm sitting here listening to the podcast and, and thinking about my business, I might, might be concerned and, and think there might be some limits on the opportunities it has in the face of the megaship era. Are there any concerns I should have? Yeah, that's a very good question. And, you know, I get asked a lot. When you look at uh, Montreal being a, a river port, we're not a deep water port. And so from that perspective, uh, you know, the mega ships that we read about or hear about every day are not able to come into the St. Lawrence River. Having said that, I would say that it's somewhat of a blessing in disguise. Today, for example, the ships that come to Montreal roughly are about 5,000 TUs. But what really differs with Montreal compared to the other ports is that we're a destination port. So in other words, when the vessels come into the St. Lawrence River and when they do reach Montreal, they're actually completely discharged, all 5,000 TUs. Megaships, what you find are basically uh, have services that will offer quote-unquote milk runs. So in other words, they'll come in off the coast, they'll stop in Halifax, they'll continue on to New York, they'll go into Virginia. And at any one location, they may load or discharge either equal to or less than what we do. And so from that perspective, uh, we're very, we have a very unique model. Also, uh, keep in mind that uh, when I say it's a blessing in disguise, I'm still struggling to find a very favorable article in terms of the impact of megaports. If you can imagine, for example, the whole principle of supply chain logistics, which really is to streamline the process, then really what we're creating is a situation where you have, um, you're, you're basically uh, creating congestion points where you're putting in these mega vessels into one port. And that causes problems in itself. And so those are problems that really are not, uh, you don't really realize in Montreal because of the fact that the ships are smaller and because of the fact that uh, we can basically streamline the process. You know, another thing to uh, keep in mind is that many of my uh, competitors, when when I meet them in conferences, they, they, they say to me, they say, well, what kind of future does the Port of Montreal have because of the fact that everybody's building these mega ships? And I would say to them, you know, I answer them and say, look, it's one thing to have a mega ship, but the most important part is to make sure that the cargo or the goods reach the markets. And unfortunately, mega ships, like our market, they can't come into our market. So, for example, our geography allows us to access 40 million consumers within eight hours trucking. We also have a very, um, our own short line railway that we operate on the port. And with that railway, we can hit Detroit and Chicago within 48 hours. So we can access another 70 million consumers. And so from the perspective of market access in terms of geography, we're probably ideally located compared to any other port that's either located on the Atlantic or even on the East Coast in terms of uh, any major markets. Another thing that we see as well, which we realized, being located in uh, Montreal or on Eastern Seaboard, if you will, or East Coast, uh, Europe is the, the core market for us, but in actual fact, because of the larger vessels that are being built, what we're seeing is a surge in transshipment ports in the Mediterranean, for example. And what that means is that large vessels are going into Mediterranean ports, 
They're transloading cargo onto the smaller ships so they can get to the market. And people are always shocked to hear that in 2017, Montreal had 25% of Asia business that came into Montreal, again, because of these mega ships. So in actual fact, we've benefited from the size of the vessels being bigger and benefited in different ways. You know, that's a, that's a great point because I was so excited when I finally got my five terabyte hard drive on my computer until it went down. You know, I thought having everything in one place was exciting until I lost everything. So that's a great point and one I, I wouldn't have thought of. So in a way, uh, it's, it's really turned out well, and uh, we have no, uh, we're not concerned or feel threatened at all by the fact that, you know, more and more carriers are building uh, larger vessels, because at the end of the day, you want to get your cargo to market, and that's where we are in the market. Yeah, exactly. So you guys are doing some expansions up there. Can you t- talk about those? So we do. So if you look at the Port of Montreal, we're located on the, on the island of Montreal, so we have a capacity of roughly about 2.1 million TEUs or containers. And so basically when you look at this year, we had uh, an incre- a 6% increase in terms of container business. And if you look at our forecasting projections, theoretically we will be full on Montreal by roughly 2021, 2022. And so as a result of that, we were fortunate enough to have purchased land Somebody had the foresight to purchase land about 30 or 35 years ago, uh, which is currently being used as a bulk terminal, which currently has rail and road infrastructure, which is always important for a port, but which is a greenfield and which basically has uh, the space to build up to a 3.5 million TU container terminal. And what we've done is we've been working on a project so that we can build in terms of phase one, a 1.1 million TU container terminal, which we hope to deliver by about 2021, 2022. And the reason that is, is because we want to be able to meet the growing demand and in terms of being able to meet our objectives in terms of the forecasting that we've done. So, and that's a very exciting project. Great. So, you know, another topic that we hear a lot about is the digitalization of the supply chain. How is the Port of Montreal keeping up with that? Well, that's interesting as well. So we're one of the few ports, uh, select ports, I would say there's, all, there's about seven or eight of them. And uh, just to name a few, uh, part of that group includes the Port of Hamburg, the Port of Los Angeles, the Port of Antwerp, the Port of Rotterdam, all the ports that you would consider mega ports. So we've been actually included in that select group to basically develop in terms of uh, digitalization with chain port and blockchain and so on and so forth. And we actually developed a tool, for example, we've been I would say working on this for at least the better part of a year or two years, we've actually developed a tool which basically enables carriers or truckers to have real-time information in terms of uh, waiting times, uh, which terminal is busy, which terminal is not busy. So that would allow them, for example, to basically modify their delivery schedule based on what they see in this uh, tool. But I guess the point is, is when you look at digitalization, what's really becoming of major importance is to be able to communicate forward information and so that people can make adjustments. As you know, every major city experiences it all the time. Every terminal, especially now with the size of the vessels getting larger and larger, have congestion issues. And really what's really going to make the difference is the ability to communicate the proper information on a timely basis so that you can adjust 
accordingly and, and basically uh, ensure that you have a fluid operation both inside the terminal and outside the terminal as well. And we've also done a lot of projects with the city of Montreal in our case, again, where we're actually doing a lot of uh, analysis uh, in terms of where the congestion points are within the city itself, not just at the port. And basically, you know, everybody, everybody has a cell phone today, so we operate on Bluetooth technology. And through that, basically, there's, uh, there's sensors that are uh, installed throughout the city, and they pick up, for example, when the truckers pass to a certain point. So basically, it's a question of gathering all this information, doing a lot of analytics, and giving it back to the industry so that they can make a better decision. So we're pretty, uh, we're pretty much on top of the game. That's great. Now, does that tool have a specific name? If I'm if I'm searching to use that tool, uh, if you go MontrealTrucks.com, you can download it on Apple or Google Play. Uh, you'll see it'll give you current waiting times. We have right now we have four container terminals in Montreal. And basically, you just download the app, and you can see what the waiting time is for each individual terminal. So that's free to use? That's free to use. So switching topics a little bit, how is the consolidation of carriers affecting the Port of Montreal? Again, you know, I, I think I may have mentioned to you in our, uh, when we initially uh, we were setting up for the discussion that Montreal is a very unique and has a very, operates under a very unique model. And that's also recognized by the carriers. So, for example, if you look at the, all the alliances, Montreal is considered, quote-unquote, out of scope. So when you look at the carrier alliances that have been created uh, throughout, for example, especially Europe and Asia and so on and so forth, that really hasn't been applied to us. So we still have, for example, MS, you know, MSC, which is a great example, and they have the 2M alliance with Maersk. But in Montreal, they operate independently as Maersk operates independently. So we're actually... From our perspective, we're out of scope, so to speak. Those alliances really haven't uh, had any impact on us in terms of Montreal. So I know we're all about business all the time, but sometimes you got to get away and you got to you got to be able to relax. And I understand that the port's also a huge cruise destination, and it's seen really growth and, and true success over the past years. How do you explain that? You know, that's really a success story, I have to say. So, so basically, uh, I also act as the president of the St. Lawrence Cruise Association. St. Lawrence Cruise Association consists of nine ports, which includes Montreal. Roughly about 10 years ago, uh, both levels of government, provincial and federal, decided to invest uh, large sums of money to develop the cruise destination on the St. Lawrence River. And so, of course, ports like Montreal and Quebec City were well-established historically, whether it be through going back in time through immigration and then, of course, through cruising. And we developed seven other ports. And so from that perspective, it's, it's been quite a success story. We brand ourselves under Canada and New England cruises. And what that is is basically you have the ability to get on a cruise ship in Montreal. You'll go to Quebec City. You'll do the maritime, Bar Harbor, Boston, get off in New York City. And vice versa. That's roughly about 80% of the cruise business that we have. And the thing is, uh, in terms of branding ourselves as Canada New England, I would say that in the last three years, three or four years, I think we finally broken the barrier where that's concerned. And so the brand is very well known. So last year, for example, the Port of Montreal increased the cruise business by roughly had a 34% increase. This year, for the 2018 season, we're expecting another 18 to 20% increase. And basically, when you look at the cruise industry in itself, 
As you can imagine, as the population is aging, people's tastes are changing. They want, uh, they want to be able to experience, not just uh, go into those sunny uh, destinations. So they want to go into urban areas and they want to go into rural areas. Basically, the uh, St. Lawrence River and the St. Lawrence ports are able to offer that. And so it's, it's really picked up a lot in popularity. And it's, a, like I said, a success story. And then in our case, we built a brand new cruise terminal. So it was a $78 million project, which was delivered uh, last July, and which is really a state-of-the-art uh, modern facility for cruise ships. So it's a new industry for us, but it's a growing industry. And, and you know, we're starting to see the fruits of our labor in terms of the results are starting to come through now. So we're very pleased. Yeah, so I'm sure there's a lot of our listeners that would love to, you know, see what kind of destinations you guys provide out of the port. Where, where could I go to see some of those destinations? from a cruise standpoint. In terms of where to get the information? Yeah, where would I go and see, you know, here's all the so, different possible cruises I can take. There's a website, uh, Cruise the St. Lawrence. So once you go on the website, you'll see uh, the individual port. There's nine ports that belong to the, to the St. Lawrence River. Of course, because it's Canada, New England, if you, if you go on the Canada, New England side, you'll also see Port of New York, Port of Boston, the Maritimes as well, Quebec City, Prince Edward Island, Charlottetown, all these great places. You'll get all the information you need in terms of uh, being able to plan for a cruise. As I said, we're getting all the big ca- the big lines that are coming in, all the brands that you're familiar with in terms of Carnival Cruise Lines, the region lines, so on and so forth. When you look at cargo ships in terms of my limitations in terms of, uh, of getting in mega vessels, I have the same limitations, believe it or not, on the cruise industry in terms of air draft restrictions because of bridges. And so basically that's another... I would say advantage that we have because a lot of the cruise ships that come into Montreal are small to medium-sized, very luxurious cruises, and basically, um, you know, who basically come to Montreal on a regular basis. So again, we avoid the large congestion points, if you will. So when passengers arrive at Montreal, they can just simply walk off. The cruise terminal is right at the foot of old Montreal, the tourist area, which I, anybody who's been to Montreal is very familiar with. So you just walk off the ship and uh, enjoy Great. Well, Tony, it sounds like uh, the Port of Montreal has both sides of the business taken care of, both the business and pleasure. And it sounds like you guys are really spiking in an upward growth. That's, that's truly exciting. Could you provide us your information or how to get in contact with you if I want to make, find out some more information? There's two things. If you go, if you go on our website, www.port-montreal.com, I mean, the website is very uh, detailed, and it goes from the cruise section to the cargo section. And if you want to send an email, then, you, again, you can just use the marketing at port-montreal.com, and we'll be able to uh, direct it to the right person, depending on what your requirements are. Tony, I want to thank you for taking your time today. With your busy schedule, it's hard to set aside some time. And here at Global Trade and the readers really appreciate the relationship you have with our magazine. We really appreciate services that you offer our readers. We hope you'll be able to join us again someday on another podcast. Thank you very much for this opportunity, and I look forward to it. Thank you.
You've been listening to the Logistically Speaking GT podcast. We want to thank all of our astute readers of Global Trade Magazine and thank all of our great advertisers that help make this possible. Remember, you can subscribe and find all our GT podcasts at www.globaltrademag.com. We hope you'll return next time for another great episode of Logistically Speaking. And don't forget, globaltrademag.com's daily news and information is ranked number one by Google. 